Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 14, Skills. My front yard looks amazing now. It's through no fault of my own, though. The praise for it goes to my sister, who took on a weed-ridden, unbalanced, and overgrown front facade and turned it into something that looks good now and will grow into something even better in a year or two. She even stood out in the pouring rain last night at Home Depot, examining each shrub and picking out the best of the lot, ignoring how soaked she was getting. This morning we went out, and I dug, or moved, or carried, or stood out of the way, whatever was going to be the most useful, and in the space of a couple of hours, we transformed the soil she'd prepared yesterday into a version of her vision that looks stunning. It was not something I could have ever accomplished if left to my own devices. As I said to the neighbors, I know nothing about gardening, so I have to wait until the family comes up and just follow their directions. Yesterday, as she was holding up pots of plants and telling me how big they grow, what kind of sun and water they need, how they'll look in the winter, and lamenting that we can grow them here, but not where she lives, I couldn't help but marvel at her knowledge, and about how passionate she was about it. I was glad to be able to take advantage of her skills while she was here, even though I'm still not 100% sure who was more excited about her playing in my garden, her or me. My sister has skills that I do not have. Understanding the way plants grow, how best to combine them in a limited space, even how to dig a proper hole, are not things I count myself good at. Additionally, looking at a plant in a garden center and envisioning how it will look in a couple of years, in combination with other plants, mentally aged the same way, in a certain location, is also something I find mind-boggling. I look at my front yard now and find it beautiful but I have a hard time envisioning it after a year or two of growth. But, if I am baffled at the skills my sister has, I'm sure my skills are equally mysterious to her. I can read my knitting. A blob of garter stitch on the needles to me is a baby sweater. Elizabeth Zimmerman's vague instructions to weave the shoulders turned into a three-needle bind-off that worked beautifully. And if the attached I-cord edging is a little too tight, I know why, and I know how to fix it. Hand me some fleece, and I can probably make you a decent yarn in a fairly short order. Two weeks ago, I didn't know how to use a supported spindle. Now I'm making nice and even singles out of both cotton and wool on a tackly and a Russian, respectively. There's a part of me that wants to minimize these skills. It's just fiber arts, it wants to say. It's easy. Anyone can do it. But last week, I sat down with a tiny swatch, a measuring tape, lemma, a colorwork chart, and a basic baby sweater pattern for construction purposes, and an hour and a half later, I'd written up a pattern that, if my math is correct, will fit perfectly. That isn't a minor feat. That is a product of understanding, not just knowing, but really understanding how gauge, increases, decreases, raglans, and stranded color work work together to create a finished product. That is not something to be minimized. It's something to be celebrated. 
The skills we have, whether in fiber arts, gardening, writing, cooking, whatever they happen to be, should be celebrated. We should also be proud of our skills because we all have different ones. Just as my sister can put together a garden plan in her head and see what it's going to look like, some people can see how a stitch pattern is going to work in a piece of knitting. That's not me, at least right now. But there's nothing saying that at some point in the future, with a lot of time and work, it could be. Skills are learned, honed, and practiced. They say it takes 20,000 hours of practice to become an Olympic-level athlete. How many hours does it take to become a master spinner? Or a master knitter? Probably about the same, or more. Because how do we know that we are at the top of our game in fiber arts? When we knit a Herbert Niebling? When we win the longest yard competition? Or is there always something else to learn? Some other height to reach? 20,000 hours doesn't seem like much, then, for a lifetime's work. With any luck, and probably a little more advice, I'll be able to keep the new plants out front from withering. And since we're only about halfway through our growing season, we might get some development in the shrubs and ground cover this year. Next year we'll tell if my skills, or more probably my skill at asking for help, is up to the task of keeping it growing. Meanwhile, there are more knitting projects, and lots more master spinner, to keep my own crop of skills growing and developing too. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. I'm coming at this week's episode a little late. It's already quarter to five, and I am just getting to the recording. My sister and her family came Thursday night, and I've been spending a wonderful weekend with them, going around to different places, Fort Edmonton Park, and and working in the garden, which has been a lot of fun. But it's put this weekend's job, especially the podcast, a little bit behind, so it'll be later tonight when this episode comes out. hope that's okay with everybody. If you've read the blog, you will know that Tour de Fleece, for me, hasn't been going too great. I'm definitely being a Lantern Rouge this time. I'm just not getting down to spin as often as I have in, in other years. And I am okay with that. I am still getting progress done, maybe not as quickly as I might like, uh, but I am still getting some things done. So, so far for Tour de Fleece, I finished off my mohair textures game. Took me a little bit. But I'm having bad luck with a lot of things, and specifically silk blends. Both my mohair silk blend and my uh, first alpaca silk blend really didn't turn out very well. The mohair silk blend I think I can save. I think I just need to run it through the wheel again. But the alpaca one was just not good. So I had to redo the alpaca silk blend. And it's still not balanced. Not really. The first for the, the what is it, module C1, where it's just alpaca silk, I carded that and spun it. For the knitted shawl sample that I had to make out of alpaca, I combed it after it had been carded twice. I combed it 
through twice and then dizzed it off. Spun really nicely. Still not balanced. So I don't know quite what to do. I think that one I'll just have to run through the wheel again in, in whichever direction I need to take or either if, if I have to take away or add a twist to it and then wash it again. Yeah, so I just haven't had any luck whatsoever with silk blends uh, so far. It's been a little frustrating. The mohair textured skein also had a bit of a hiccup. I'd, uh, I spun just a plain old mohair roving single as a binder and then did the lock single and great i applied it and then i wound it off and it was five yards and it needs to be 10 so i had to sit down the next day um, spin some more textured single and uh, put the stuff i'd wound off already back onto a bobbin attach it and then continue to ply. And that worked out. I mean, I have I have 11 yards now, which is what I wanted. And it looks okay. It's not something that I'm comfortable spinning because it's not something that I don't I see myself ever using. But it was fun and it's it's fuzzy and looks like a big white bear. <laughs> so, it worked out and yeah, and that's I'm just going to call it a day on that one. I also spun up a little bit of uh, the woolen and spun up two Rolex and made a little skein out of that and then knit up a swatch and uh, made a pattern. I was really kind of proud of myself for that. And it, it took a while because I was double checking all the math and the figures. And it's a good thing I did because the first time I did the math for the decreases in the yoke, I forgot to take into account the stitches from the arm because it's a raglan decrease. So... Yeah, good thing I double-checked that, or it would have been a very odd-looking little sweater. So I'm sp- I've spun up half of the brown that I need, and I think after I'm done recording the podcast and getting that online, I'll go down and try and spin the other half, because then the brown will be finished. Then I have to spin up uh, some Corydale, uh, which is in white. And then, once that is washed and fulled and dried... I am looking forward to getting started on the final project. Now, I still have some other skeins to do for level two, but I can carry my final project to and from work with me as my work project. So that's part of the reason why I'm working on it a little more. So far, my final project, I've spent four and a half hours, which isn't bad. The spinning is going to take long longer to do... 15 roll legs took me an hour and a half and I have another 15 brown plus 16 white to do so we're looking at minimum three more hours spinning probably another hour hour and a half to ply and uh, and then then getting onto the washing and the folding so I think I am going to come in pretty close to the 25 hours that uh, that the final project is supposed to be so that's pretty good Level three, I've been uh, taking my my cotton, my tackly to and from work to play with and practice, and I'm getting a lot better at spinning cotton. I really, I'm enjoying the cotton. It feels so much different than handicrafter. And I think, you know, when you, when you think you're thinking about cotton, you're like, oh, well, Burnett handicrafter, right? Yeah, hand-spun cotton's not like that. So I'm really looking forward to spinning more and applying it and seeing what happens with it. 
And I'm still going back and forth in my head about what to do for my final project because it's 50 hours, whether I want to do something in cotton and something woven. So I really shouldn't be thinking about that right now. I should really be thinking about level two. But it's fun to, you know, keep things in your head. I am out of things to talk about in level one. So I'm going to put it out there. If anybody has a question uh, about spinning that they wouldn't mind having answered, drop me a note or or post on Rav or send me a note on Rav and, uh, and let me know. And we can talk about it here in the Fiber Week segment. So that's my update. Uh, Tour de Fleece ends, what, in the next week or so? And uh, we'll see how much further I get. Fiber Notes I succumbed to temptation earlier this week and cast on for a new project. But I kind of have my reasons for it. First of all, it's from yarn that I bought at Fiber Week, and I really kind of wanted to try it out. It was bought specifically for a particular project, which was also, you know, part of the reason. And uh, and the person I'm sending it to had a birthday here this week, and I bought some other stuff for her at Fiber Week. But I kind of wanted to save on postage a little bit, so I had to I had I had to I had to start a new project and I will keep telling myself that but what I started was uh, a baby surplus from Elizabeth Zimmerman and I still have to find the perfect buttons but I am actually almost done I started it last Friday and uh, I was pretty much done by the following Friday and that's with you know having a crazy schedule again and not having a ton of time to work on much so it's it's a really cute little pattern. I, I really quite like it. And it, I'm probably between that and the baby surprise jacket. I think those are going to be my go-to baby patterns, baby sweater patterns. Because uh, it turns out I have another baby to knit for, which is awesome and amazing. And I'm also planning, I have a little bit more lead time on that one. So I'm planning a, a little blanket for that one as well, because I've always wanted to knit an op art. So... So that's going to be coming as well. But the, the surplus is really cute. And uh, and it's also expandable. So a baby can wear it for a little longer than than a regular sweater. Well, a regular sweater. A, a sweater of a particular size. This one can be expanded. So. so yeah, have to find the perfect buttons. Obsessed with the color. Really, really obsessed with the color. They're just beautiful colors. And I almost want to keep it but I'm not going to. Because what am I going to do with a baby sweater? I mean, I'm already knitting a sweater for my lamb, so I, she doesn't need another one. But after I find the perfect buttons, I will get all that packaged up and sent off. So that's been a lot of fun. I just finished off the attached eye cord here while I was icing my hips. Um, it's a little tight. I know why. So I'm going to pull it all back and redo it again. It shouldn't take me more than half an hour. And then it literally is weaving and ends, washing and finding the perfect buttons. And hey, that's the best thing about baby, uh, baby projects, because they don't take very long because they are small. And I love that part. I've also been working on the lighthouse shawl. I got a little worried about the amount of yarn I had left. So I didn't do the 6-3 peat of the 
wave pattern. And I, I went on to the, uh, the knitted on edging and I'm less than halfway through and I'm running out of yarn. So I think I have to take back everything I've done, pull back. This is where I have to start, you know, weigh the ball of yarn and figure out how much, you know, say 10 or 20 or 25 bits of edging weigh and then figure out how much I have to tear back. So that's math I just don't want to do right now because I don't, that's the thing, I don't have any more of this yarn. This is it. I have to, you know, this, I have to make it work. So I'll have to figure that out. Once I'm done the baby surplus, I think that's what I'm going to be working on. The sock is something I work on from time to time as well. Um, when one or the other project sort of sits there and stares at me and stalls. And I'm looking over at my my table and, you know, the pile of projects is going down, which I'm okay with. Um, and because that means that at some point I can cast on some new things. So, so that's what I've been working on in terms of knitting this week. The spinning has been mostly fiber week and master spinner stuff, but I have decided that once my level two homework is finished and sent off to Gale, before I dive into level three, I'm going to take probably two to three weeks and just spin what I want. I did some rearranging down in the fiber room, trying to make sure that everything was first of all in good order and then to toss it to see if there's any creepy crawlies that have gotten in there because it is in the basement. And I was looking at some of the stuff that I have. I'm like, oh man, I've got some really gorgeous braids and roving and just really cool stuff. I have yak. I'd love to spin the yak. How much fun would that be? And then I sit there and think about my master spinner stuff. But you know, it's funny. I was, I'd already decided that I was going to take you know, two to three weeks and spin what I wanted. But as I was writing the essay today, I remembered I used to work in sport. And, uh, and one of the things that I learned was that statistic about it takes 20,000 hours of practice to become an Olympic level athlete. And that's a minimum. And I got to thinking about that. And, and, you know, in terms of the master spinner, I need to spin more. And I just need to spin. You know, I need that practice. If I'm you know, ever going to be, well, if I am ever going to consider myself a master spinner, it doesn't matter if I get through the program. If I'm ever going to consider myself a master spinner, I need to be spinning and sitting down and doing that. And it's the same thing with the knitting. How else do we get better? How have I gotten better? It's because I've been knitting. It's because I've been challenging myself. So I think I'm going to sit down for a couple weeks minimum, spin some of the pretty stuff, go through Sarah Anderson's book, of uh, yarn designs and play, just play and practice. So that's sort of my plan, but I have to finish level two first. That is my goal. Tour de Fleece. I don't even know why I'm saying I'm in Tour de Fleece. I know I'm Lantern Rouge, but, uh, but Tour de Fleece is the focus. Uh, even after Tour de Fleece, my focus is going to be on the level two homework. So, but that doesn't mean I can't look in my fiber supply and think about the things that I actually want to spin because there's some gorgeous stuff down there. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. 
So I'm hoping in the next two weeks, um, obviously the surplus is going to be finished. The lighthouse shawl should be finished and I will get on with some of the other projects. By the wayside. I'm coming at this episode pretty late, so I am just going to go straight into By the Wayside, but I promise next week to either bring you a fiberside chat or some side notes or maybe both. Depends on on what I can find. I certainly have uh, some interviews that I can bring you next week, so, so look for a fiberside chat. But this will be a short By the Wayside update because I have not been able to work on the tapestry. Uh, so there's nothing really to report. What I need to do is I need to get it back so that it's living on the corner of the couch and and getting to that when I get home from work. Working on it a little bit. So, yeah, don't know what to tell you. It was just another two weeks that kind of got away from me. Being back from Fiber Week, had a bunch of appointments and just didn't have that time in the evenings that... That has been a little lacking lately, but I'll get the tapestry out, and I'll get it living in its corner of the couch again, and I will be working on it off and on over the next couple of weeks. Thank you for joining me for episode 14. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 15 on July 28th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.